Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe concludes his two-part message in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 19, verse 6. Many entreat the favor of the nobility, and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. Nobility speaks of royalty, a prince. Today, we'd probably it would fit for us to say someone in high office or maybe a congressman or a mayor or a senator or the president or, you know, someone that's, that holds a high office, you know, there's many that'll try to have favor with them for various reasons. You'll see that, you know, in the business world, you'll see, you know, you try to get favor with those and, you know, that make decisions that way your business will run better or you won't have problems and stuff. And you see that. So it's just, it's a reality. I, I look at it in two different ways. I look at it in some ways, you know, it's okay, you know, if you're, you're doing it in a good way where you, you want to, uh, because you have a business and you want to get to know people and you're using it as a witness of Jesus Christ and you're get, trying to get to know, like, you know, different people in the cities or different people in the Senate and different people in Congress and you're trying to gain that, that connection with them because you want to be used by the Lord, that is wonderful. But if you're, you're doing it for any dishonest gain or you're trying to get, it's deceptive or something like that, then it's, that's on the opposite side of the coin there. It's, it's not good. But check it out, the, the rest of it. And every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. That's true. That's just a true statement. We love to have our friends give us gifts. I mean, we're just, it's, that's part of our life. It's, don't you love it when you know, someone just gives you a gift just out of the blue? You know, sometimes, you know, or we'll get cards sometimes. Or just, a, just a thank you card or an encouragement card. I'm like, that, to me, it's a blessing. And it's a wonderful thing, and I think we all like that. So it's a true statement, obviously. Did you notice every man is a friend to one who gives gifts? Before we go to the next verse, I just want to say with that, sometimes you'll see insecure people, that they'll, they'll give people gifts and money all the time just because they're insecure and they want to buy friendships. I've seen that before, and it's sad. I see people like that. And it's like, it's almost sad where they're always giving people stuff and they're always like, you know, overly giving. They're like, you know, giving to people, you know, just in an over, in a way that's just, it's not right. And you just see that's an insecurity of theirs where they're trying to buy friendship. And I remember growing up with, with someone like that. He was very, very spoiled and his parents um, were always never around. They were always traveling and, and out of the country and, and, he had a lot of money, and he would constantly try to buy friendships. He would give you know, people, I think I might have shared it once before. He'd call me up and say, what are you doing? I need a ride somewhere. And I said, well, I'm busy. And he says, well, I'll give you 500 bucks if you take me. And I'm like, 500 bucks? <laughs> to take you away? Where do you need to go? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> it's only two miles away. You can get a cab. You know, it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, but he was like that. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating a little, but not too much. I mean, it was... That's the way he was. And it's sad. I look back and he was just 
he, his parents didn't give him any attention. <laughs> and he was just calling out for attention. And he was trying to buy friends. Verse 7. All the brothers of the poor hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He may pursue them with words, yet they abandon him. Another sad reality. Um, a relative that's always broke and always asking for money constantly. A general statement here is his friends and his family, uh, they stay far away from him. They don't return his calls. I had a friend growing up before I knew the Lord, and I, this particular man was a terrible drinker. He had a terrible drinking problem. And he was always broke because he, he couldn't work. He was, he was, he'd stay up half the night drinking and he was drunk all the time and he constantly was in car accidents and they took his license away and it was just, it was just a, a spiral down and people, his family members would give him money and he'd take the money and just get drunk and go out and, you know, buy vehicles and crash those vehicles and finally I just watched how the family just, they just cut him off and said, we can't keep paying for this. So basically, you know, that's what this is saying. A poor man. The relatives, they're not around. They're, they don't answer the calls. And he may pursue them. He might call them up, you know, leave them a text. And they're like, well, you, you need to repent. You need to turn. So the reality, verse 8. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. That's a wonderful verse. If you truly love your soul, if you truly want to prosper, get wisdom. Spend time in the Word. What we're doing right now, just reading each verse, listening to the Lord, waiting on the Holy Spirit. If you truly want to prosper and you want good, you just seek the wisdom that comes from the Lord. Seek the understanding. I love the wording, don't you, in the latter part of this verse? It says, he who keeps understanding. In other words, keeping it means that you're applying the understanding that you receive from the word of God, I believe, will find good. Do you want good in your life? Well, just apply the word of God. Understand what the word is, you know, and the simple understanding of the word, you apply it, and you're going to find good in your life. God is going to, you know, allow you to, to have, you know, it's a general statement, but basically he's going to bring his goodness in your life. Definitely he's going to bring spiritual goodness in your life. A false witness will not go unpunished, so the repeat of verse 5, and he who speaks lies shall perish. So not only will he not escape, but he's going to perish. He'll, he'll perish for eternity, for all eternity, if he doesn't repent and turn. Luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a servant to rule over princes. Not fitting, you might also render it uh, to say, not a pretty sight. I like that. It's not a pretty sight when you see a fool you know, with luxury or you see a servant ruling over a prince. It's just not a pretty sight. Like, What's wrong with that picture? It's just, it just isn't right. Verse 11, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. The discretion of a man makes him slow. When you're discerning, when you're, you seek the Lord and something happens in your life that you don't like, it's wise to, to be slow to anger, to stop and pray and say, I, I'm not going to get upset over this. 
There, there's certain things, I'm sure, that, that can irritate just about every one of us. There's certain things that can really get under our skin or certain things that can annoy us. Some, it's, you know, it's you know, the traffic or some can be, you know, whatever. You know, there's different things that can really, you know, bother us. But, you know, the enemy can use those particular things to, to you know, bring anger in our lives. But if, you, if you're discerning and you're, you have discretion, you're going to stop and pray and say, wait a second, Lord, you know, help me not to, to, you know, get upset over this anymore. Help deliver me from this, that I'm not, you know, getting in the flesh constantly over these things. And typically, the, you know, family members or spouses know where those buttons are. They know how to find those buttons, typically. They, they know, you know, if you, if you have children, sometimes they even know. They know how to get your attention or get you going, or they know where it's at. And it's wise to be slow to anger. It's wise to, to realize, wait a second, I've been in this trap before. I've fallen down, you know, I've spiraled down in this area before. And Lord, give me discernment. Help me to, to be slow to, to anger in this. And the latter part of this, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. I think things in context here where other people's sins can sometimes get us upset where they're, they're doing something wrong, maybe a family member or maybe, you know, a spouse or, or maybe some, you know, they're doing something wrong and you just get so upset. So why did they do that again? How come they did that? Or why do they keep saying that? Or why do they do? And it's their transgression. And then you can justify it because you're not in sin. You're like, it's Lord, they're sinning. That's wrong. And it's such a trap for the enemy just to trap you right there because their sin is making you fall. So it's, it's, it's glorious when you overlook and say, you know what, Lord? That's their problem. I'm praying for them, Lord, but I'm not going to get upset. Their sin is causing me to sin. Their sin is making me angry. And it's so much better, like when a phone rings or something, you know, not to get upset. Wonderful cross-reference, and if we can turn there, please. Ephesians 4. Most of you know these two verses, but you'll see they, they fit perfectly. And Paul the Apostle writes, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted. check this out, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. It fits perfect. Don't be angry. Don't be upset. Have discretion. Be slow to anger and overlook that transgression. Realize, you know, God has forgiven you. Be tenderhearted. Be kind. That doesn't mean that, you know, you, you can go to an extreme to, for example, if you're raising up children and, and they're sinning or they're doing something wrong, it doesn't you know, you're to raise a child up in the ways of the Lord. So don't get me wrong with that. It's not like you're, you know, you're raising up a child and say, well, I'm going to be, okay, honey, you know, you know, it's okay, baby. You can do whatever you want and let them sin and stuff. You know, it's not that. I call that sloppy agape. It's, that's sloppy. That's not, that's not right. You know, you are to raise up your children in the ways of the Lord. You're to correct them when they're wrong and discipline. And we're going to see a verse in that. But when dealing with others in your life, you're to be slow to anger and you're to be kind, tender-hearted and forgive them. Be slow to anger, quick to forgive. And it's so healthy when you realize, wow, God has forgiven me for everything. 
And I know there's people in our lives, I believe there's, there's some in our lives that maybe even family members or different people that, that they're hard to love sometimes. But it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And many times when, when you're demonstrating the kindness and goodness of the Lord and his spirit is ruling and reigning in you, it brings people to repentance. It brings them, they realize their fault. They realize their sin and they repent. Your wrath will not produce the righteousness of God. It will never work. Once you get in the flesh, it's like you're, you're not being used by the Lord anymore. So back, if we can, please. Go back to uh, Proverbs 19, verse 11. I'd like to read it one more time. Proverbs 19, verse 11. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. Verse 12. The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. The king's wrath is like a roaring of a lion. A roaring of a lion is frightening. If the king's upset with you, it should be frightening because back in those days, the king could have you killed. He could have you beheaded. You don't want to be on the wrong side of the king. So it's just saying, you, you know, it's, it's frightening to be there. But on the, the other side of the coin, his favor. When, when the king has his favor on you, it's like dew on the grass. It's refreshing or like, you know, fresh rain that comes down when it's needed. So it's refreshing. And I think about with the king of kings, how we have his favor. And it's so refreshing. You don't want to be on the wrong side of the king of kings. You don't want to be under his wrath. Verse 13, a foolish son is the ruin of his father. And the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. A foolish son is the ruin of his father. That has to be so difficult for a father uh, to have a, a son or even a daughter that's not walking in the ways of the Lord. And it's, it's, it could be their, to their ruin. It could just destroy them. It, you love them so much and you're watching them go the wrong way and it can be just you know so heart-wrenching and, and so hurtful but what a blessing on the other other side when the, the your children are walking with the lord it's a wonderful thing um in this the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping but it'd be terrible to have a foolish son and a contentious wife in the same house I and mean, that would be would that be terrible if you're in that category please after service let us put hands on you and pray for you <laughs> <laughs> my wife and I we had in our bathroom right next to our bedroom we had a drippy faucet for a while and it would just I mean constantly it was just a constant drip it's different if it was bloop bloop that's different but this was bloop 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 I'm telling you there's some it was like it would go all through the night this went on for a while until it was fixed but all through the night I remember waking up some mornings I almost felt like twitching I was like I kid you not, I crawled. It was so bad. And I just remember, I, was, it was, I mean, I cried out to the Lord because I couldn't get it shut off. The valve would not shut it off underneath the sink. You know, it was just, it would not shut off. So th this went on for some time. We were going crazy. We, we'd wake up in the morning, my wife and we'd look at each other like, this is driving me crazy. 
And I tried everything to shut this off. And one, it just, this one time, I just got underneath that sink. I just like cried out to the, the Lord. I said, Lord, this has to shut down. It has to, please. And I was just like crying out to God. And I was just like turning this thing. And I didn't get this point. It was so bad. It was like, I don't care if this valve breaks. This thing has to turn off. And this, I thought it was going to break the, val- the valve underneath. And I just kept you know, turning it and turning it and turning it. And it finally shut off. And I just was like rejoicing when that took place. And now I understand this verse like I've never understood it. I'm serious. I understand this verse. And so a contentious wife, it's like a dripping faucet. It will drive you crazy. Wives, take heed. Make sure you're not in that category, please. If you are, we can lay hands on you after the service. (laughs) Verse 14. I love this verse. Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. If we have any single men here, I'd suggest you underline, highlight, put stars next to it, the part where it says, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Houses and riches can be inherited. You can... You know, if you have a wealthy father, you can inherit houses, you can inherit riches. But a good wife is from God, from the Lord. Two things, single men, again, I would just say, you know, with this verse, just taking this verse at face value, a prudent wife, a wise a a hardworking, a good wife is from the Lord. And I just would like to say, your best bet is just to seek the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, provide this wife for me, please. Because you're not going to get it from a family member. It's not going to be inherited to you. (laughs) But when you truly seek the Lord and you truly want the wife that God wants for you, and you wait... I can stand here and I've done this before and say, it is wonderful. And I want to encourage you men. It's wonderful. Wait for the gold. Wait for God's best. I'll tell you, before I met my wife, wood, hay, and stubble, I've already talked about that, came my way. And even silver came my way. I believe that silver, you know, not God's best, but silver came by and it was like, you know, I was going to be satisfied with silver. I'm like, I guess I got silver. This is okay, you know. I'm not really attracted to this person, but God, she's godly, and I, this, is, this is okay, and if that's what you want. But it wasn't from God. It was silver. But I can say with all my heart, with God is my witness, and I am so thankful that I waited for the gold, and it's, it's just wonderful. And it's from the Lord. Joe and Kathleen put together by the hand of God. And I desire that for every single man and every single woman here. I watch the marriage that God has for us and I watch the marriages, other marriages here and, and it's such a blessing to see the hand of God and, and my heart is that, and we pray, you know, my wife and I pray constantly that the Lord would, you know, do that. He would, by his hand, put you together with the right one, you, you that are single here. Because it's from the Lord. And all glory goes to him when you watch the hand of God put together your spouse.
I'm passionate about that. That's why we used to do the newly married couples fellowship back in Costa Mesa, Calvary, because I am passionate for single people to find the one that God has. Because it's a wonderful thing, and the scripture says so. As we looked at, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Verse 15. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. That's pretty self-explanatory. There's not much you know, commentary for that other than just to, throughout the Bible, it warns us of being lazy. You know, it, it's true. I, I, I think of when my wife and I joke, even on our day off, if we sleep in, it's like we're more tired when we sleep in than we are when we get up early in the morning for our daily work. The days we sleep in, we're like, man, I feel worse when I sleep in. It's like, it's just a strange thing. But, uh, but it's good. We're all to take a day off, a day of rest. I'm not coming against that. But, but laziness. You find if, you're, if you become lazy, you can become a pattern where you become sleepy, you become sluggish, and then you don't want to get up or you don't want to. And it can, you can you know, fall into a trap. So just a warning. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep. An idle person will, will suffer hunger. They're not going to have food because they're not going to get up and, and go to work like they should. Verse 16. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. He who keeps his, the commandments will keeps his soul. You know, you, you follow the ways of the Lord, you'll have eternal life. You'll, God, you know, you'll spend eternity. But if you're careless, and the, the word careless here means despises the commandments. You're reckless. You're doing things your own way. Well, if you do that, you will die and you will be separated from God for all eternity. Not a good thing. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. Powerful verse. You want to invest wisely, you can invest in the poor. If you have pity on the poor, you lend to them. It's a powerful verse to say, God will pay you back. God, God will take care of you. Don't even expect anything back. God will... Um, repay you. Wonderful verse. Chasten your son while there is hope and do not set your heart on his destruction. In other words, for your children, discipline them when they're young because if you don't discipline when they're young, you're going to have trouble. You're gonna, they're going to cause problems and destruction and it was, you know, you have some fault there. You should have chastened them. You should have disciplined them when they were young. Verse 19, a man of great wrath will suffer punishment. For if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. Isn't that true? Unless he repents. A man of wrath, of great wrath. In other words, just someone that's always out of control, always arguing, always disputing, always, you know, causing problems. And, well, if you go to rescue him, you're going to just continue to rescue him until he repents from his wrath. Listen to the counsel. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. Self-explanatory. You know, seek the counsel of the Lord. Receive instruction from the Lord and you will gain wisdom. And the more, you know, the older you get, the more, you know, wisdom you'll gain through the years. 
There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel will stand. Isn't that the truth? God's ways are not our ways. Many times the Lord will say, go this way or go that way, and it, and it doesn't make sense. There's, there's times where the Lord, even in business, will instruct me to do things, and it's just like, what? And then he would confirm it. And he'd say, no, this is the way, and it didn't make sense. But then later on I found out, wow, that's why, Lord, that's why you directed me here. That's why you didn't allow me to go in that direction, because you knew that company was going to go bankrupt or whatever it was. You know? So just a reminder, the Lord's counsel will stand. Seek the Lord through the Word of God. Allow Him to confirm these things, and it will stand. You can bank on it. You can trust His Word. Come to your throne of mercy. It's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our singing praise. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. As we come to Your throne of mercy, it's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our.